This here is a story that goes back for generations. My daddy told me when I was little, and, and his daddy told him when he was little, and, and well, great-granddad Malfoy told granddad Malfoy when he was little, and, and well, heck, this Christmas story goes back as far as there have been Death Eaters themselves. It's the story about the time that... Voldemort stayed up real late so he could visit with Santa Claus. He asked him for a puppy, cause Voldemort loves those little paws. Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where longtime fans and newbies alike uh, take a break from talking about Red Dwarf in between series 9 and 10, and for some inexplicable reason, talk about the Cornetto Trilogy. That's right, it's our special Shane of the Dead. It's Christmas Day! Woohoo! Our Christmas gift from us to you is us talking about a really lovely film uh, that Shane has never seen. And uh, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never seen this film. By the way, before we start everything, um, I hope everyone's having a Christmas, a lovely Christmas day. We're not because we're recording on the nineteenth of December. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! I used that joke last year. Oh, so much. <laughs> So much for the fourth wall. <laughs> well, and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting that we should be recording this because now that it's Christmas Day, in between today, the 19th and Christmas Day, is when uh, the zombie apocalypse starts. So it's particularly topical, I think. Um, yes. Now that zombies have overrun most major cities, uh, for us, to as society collapses around us, to talk about this wonderful zombie movie. Yep. Or Z-word yeah. movie. And just... And to see evidence of that, you just have to look at the parliamentary organizations of any country in the world. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I try, not to take that, I try not to take that personally, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I did say parliamentary, not local government. Oh, that's true. That's very, very true. Oh, we need to do the... Hi, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. And we have a special guest. Darren. Oh, there we go. Hi, we go. Hi Darren. Hi, guys. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for being with us, Darren. Um, this idea, we, we came up with this a while back when we found out that Angela and I, the two Americans, had seen all of these films and that uh, uh, Shane has not seen the works of his own countrymen. And, no, I uh, haven't. No, I know, I know. Also, on a recent quiz, I scored, um, what was it, as English as a Dalek serving high tea. And uh, Shane, yeah. what, what was your score on that particular quiz? Uh, I let me just let me just find that out. Give me two seconds. It's on my Facebook, so bear with me one moment. Probably American was your score on that. Yes, it was. It was. was. And I got the I got the same. Strangely enough, I tried it when Adriana put it up, and yeah, yeah. A lot of the questions didn't apply Mm -hmm. at all. I mean, the first question was, um, "What do you drink in an airport waiting lounge while waiting for your part flight?" Well, I'm middle-aged. I don't drink anything. <laughs> I wait till I get on the plane and the plane's taken off. Then I can go to the bathroom if I want to. There you go. Um, but yeah, we thought it would be fun. And especially since, you know, we came up with a great name pun, Shane of the Dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, courtesy of me. Courtesy of Angela. Before we get started, I just want to give a bit of history of my relationship with this film. Hmm. And I'm sorry to bring every, everyone down on Christmas Day, but I think it needs to be said. Um, so, sorry in advance. Um, this film came out in 2004. 
And in 2004, I was actually going through a very, very tough time. Uh, my father had developed cancer, terminal cancer, as, as a matter of fact. And I was obviously, I never actually got around to going to cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, at Christmas in 2004, my father actually passed away. Yeah. Um, the week later, uh, I had to turn. My friends were incredibly lovely, and actually, um, I had a different friend stay the night every single night, making sure I was okay. And my friend Ray stay, stayed around one night, and she actually brought the film over with her. However, she actually passed out on the sofa before we had a chance to watch it. <laughs> so I never actually got around to watching it until this past week. <laughs> so you just you were not meant to be for this film, yeah? No. Well, I, I think am... we can accept. I think we can accept your excuse, though. I think that one's a valid one. I yeah. think it's hard to come up with a more valid one. <laughs> Indeed. But we are glad that we finally got you to get, to get around to this one. Indeed. So. By the way, if we're calling this Shine of the Dead, if I guessed on the next one, are we calling that Hot Fuzzy? <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Uh, uh, so, this film. Um, a take on your traditional sort of zombie horror. Uh, you know, but I think... The interesting thing is the bigger metaphor that it makes. I mean, you start out with a guy who is just sort of a zombie in some sense. Um, He's just sort of plodding through life, a job that he doesn't particularly like, a relationship that he's not particularly invested in. Um, I think maybe that's, that's kind of what they were going for there, just sort of reflecting on we're all kind of zombies uh, in that yeah. way sometimes. We can, yeah. fall, we can fall into that trap. Yeah, I don't but he's not invested in the relationship. I think he's very comfortable in the relationship. Yeah, Too comfortable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But not introducing his mother to her after three years. That's 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 harsh. I know, but he's just Yeah, he's I think a lot lazy. of lazy. That... And a lot of that's trying to avoid the the definite scene that's going to happen between him and his stepfather as well. Mm. <laughs> Can we actually talk about this, the uh, the great opening sequence? Sure, mm-hmm. it? Uh, where they just with all literally just the opening the opening credit sequence, uh, just everyone in their own little world, yeah. people, people at the bus stop, just mm-hmm. checking their phones. He had all the, the teenagers. Walking around just like zombies, mm-hmm. and it seems to be the entire world is a zombie before the zombies even happen. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ex- existential level of this works very well. Yeah. Yeah, which I think that's something that uh, that you'll notice throughout the Cornetto trilogy is that they're, you know, they work just as individual entertaining movies in, in and of themselves, but they're also, yeah, as cultural metaphors, as commenting on, you know, what it is to live in in today's society, the statement that I tell never, my students never to put in their papers, but yeah, <laughs> uh, they're, they're very um, artistic in, in a way, that way, I think. Yep. Which, which is also sort of it's it 
Peg has a bit of a pedigree for writing that way because Space had a lot of underlying metaphors in each episode as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost first partnered together on a, on a series called Space that ran for two seasons in the UK. It probably should have ran for a lot more, but Pegg is obviously one of those ones who prefers to quit while he's in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although, let's face it, that's not the series that uh, should have gone on for longer but didn't, as far as those go. There's always faulty towers. Yeah. Uh, Cleese is another one, though. Cleese gets sick of it very quickly. Well, yeah, and he's, I think, in a way, I, I admire artists like that who are able to say, you know what, we have done some amazing things here. If we keep it going just for its own sake uh, and because people kind of want more, it's not going to be as good anymore and it's going to we're not going to be proud of it. I'm going to do something else. And, he, and his relationship with his wife was in very, very yeah. tenuous at that point yeah. too. So. Yeah. Uh, so let's... For those who don't know, his actual wife in Faulty Towers was the blonde maid, not not Sybil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were co-writers, right? Yeah, they yeah. were. So, back to Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get the idea of, you know, he lives with uh, his his best bud, Nick Frost, uh, who's a bit of a layabout. Well, he lives with his old college roommates, mm-hmm. which just shows how I think he gets comfortable in relationships because he hasn't changed roommates. He's just stayed with these two people. And, of course, Pete, who we meet later, um, has sort of moved on and grown up. And I'm thinking, you know, why hasn't he moved on to other roommates? But, yeah, it's all the same people that he's always been with. I actually love that in a commentary for another show, um, for the Centrinians movie, the guy playing Pete, actually commented that for some reason he always seems to get cast as a-holes. <laughs> and he obviously, he must be good at it because every director he talks to wants to cast him to be an a-hole. <laughs> Peter Serovinovich, mm. one of the greatest yes. comedy people we have in this country. Yeah. Although I was a bit... Uh, we were saying this before the show started. I was a bit confused because after Shane uh, watched this movie, now it's very possible I'm going to call Shane Sean... <laughs> as we talk about this movie so I apologize in advance for after I do that um, but yeah he was like hey I didn't know Darth Maul was in this movie and I honestly I was like what did Ray Park do in this movie was he one of the particularly monstrous zombies doing a backflip or something somewhere in there and I just missed it or I had no clue so yeah I finally had to IMDB it to figure out that he was referring to the fact that uh, P- Peter Serovinovich did um, uh, the the two lines that Darth Maul had and the various grunts and growls, that that was him. <laughs> so, <laughs> the acrobatics and the awesome makeup were Ray Park and uh, the grunting, that, that, was, that was Pete. <laughs> not, to comif- not to be confused with another Pete which we recently slammed. Yes! <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so let's see. Um, his relationship kind of going nowhere, kind of in trouble. Um, his his girlfriend's a bit upset that they're in a rut, uh, going, doing the same thing all the time. Uh, so he promises it's going to turn things around. Yay, good for him. 
and they're going to mm-hmm. the place with all the fish. <laughs> Which, later on, if you look, there are Easter eggs galore in this movie, by the way. But if you look in the phone book when he opens it up to uh, do it, then they have a ad for the place with all the fish. Like yeah. they say that in the phone book ad. So funny. <laughs> and his dead end job. Oh, where he works with seventeen-year-olds. Uh, oh, <laughs> not not seventeen, seventeen. I should I should say, guys. I did a bit of research on this film, surprisingly. <laughs> that for this, um, uh, the restaurant is actually in reference to an Italian horror director, mm-hmm. Lucio. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot of nice references to other movies in here. We'll talk about a few of those as we get to them. But yeah, good, good and, catch. And I think I love a lot of the early on film gags where, you know, when we meet Pete, <laughs> then it's the mirror gag. You know, yeah. the one where you move the mirror and you see someone suddenly and we get it repeated later. With here, we get, you know, the... um stepdad uh, off in a corner being all foreboding and it's sort of like you know the zombie in the corner mm-hmm. and then all of the various hints that we get as to what caused the zombies here so mm-hmm. and they reference so many different movies um, one of the things we hear on the radio is that a space probe is due to return to earth blah 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 uh, that's a reference to the originator the night of the living dead um, yes. Another film in which they never say the word zombies. Um, yep. and I Don't think, say that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say it. I think they sort of hang a lantern on that. Um, and yeah, that's the only hint that we get is that maybe radiation from the space probe or something. Uh, in this one, though, they, they like throw various explanations through the little half-heard clips. Uh, they make the fun of... The uh, virus. Yeah, that was uh, what, the 30 days later, or 28 days later? 28 days later, yeah. Yeah. Or it could be that they're all right, and it just could be a perfect storm of yes. monster viruses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it! you had to go and have that space probe land on the house built over the Indian burial ground, just yeah. as they were <laughs> testing those monkeys with rage viruses. <laughs> Mm. Yes. But yeah, Simon Pegg, he screws everything up. Mm-hmm. And then, oh yeah, the zombie apocalypse happens. Oh yeah, the DJing scene, that was nice. Mm-hmm. And the amount of details. So yeah, even like all the little posters that he has on his wall. Um, it, it's well worth it some time to, to get a commentary and just sort of have them explain to you everything in this scene. I, I love and um, it 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 shows up in other of the Cornetto trilogy. Not to spoil too much, um, but I love that they give all of the characters um, backstory that you don't necessarily need to explain. Yeah. Like you know, they hint at him being a DJ back then, just with him having a lot of records and you know having things on the wall and having a DJ set up. They didn't say, oh, yeah, Sean, remember back then when you were DJing all that time? Here's a long, involved story about that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
And like, also, you know, Avon. You don't need to explain how they know each other or why they hug each other when they meet each other. <laughs> well, they were, were were they roommates or something? <laughs> um, I would have liked them to expand uh, the pizza delivery boy comment a little bit though, because Simon Pegg's very big, very first big starring role was where he was playing a fifteen-year-old pizza delivery boy <laughs> who turned up at a, an, a mental institution and ended up getting stuck there. Nice. Oh, wow. That'd be my luck. <laughs> uh, so let's see. We get our zombies. Uh, oh, yeah. he And we before, though, the zombies, we get to meet uh, his his dad. No, wait. He's not his dad. Um, not his dad. So, Playing the heck out of a bit part. As he always, or relatively a bit part. There are no bit parts for for Bill Nike. There's or there's just he's too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't play anything. He is the person he's he's being at that moment. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I love about this entire series, by the way, is it's made by geeks who are absolutely damn proud of being geeks. Yes. Yeah. They are, and. You know, everything is done as in jokes, but it's in jokes, but it's also in earnest the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah. And Simon Pegg has sort of gone on to that. Like, he's, so, especially if you follow him on Twitter or anything, he he's really become sort of a, a geek spokesperson. Uh, mm. they're, they're with the other crowd, you know, your Felicia Days and your Will Wheatons. And yeah, in, in yeah. geek circles, he's very well respected. Because he no, he's, never been a sh- he's never once been ashamed of it, even when he was a struggling young actor. So you've got to respect mm. that. That's the main thing about being a geek, is ex- making the world accept you on your own terms, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see then. So, uh, they meet their first zombie uh, while they're dealing with a hangover. Um, out in the garden. Ah, uh, you British and your gardens. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I've been seeing we, zombies all over the place, but yeah. Before we get there, I th- I love the repeat of the trekking shot. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had no, can't skip that. Yeah, yeah. With the, we saw with him, you know, do, doing his normal life, buying whatever he bought, and then going back into the thing later in the movie, and we, and he he's got no clue what the hell is going on. Yeah, I mean, he's got the blood stains on the refrigerator for crying out loud, and does not notice them. Yes, but again, he he's sort of out of it that morning. But yeah, he's hungover. But yeah, it's you know, and you notice he was trying to notice things the day before. You know, the hobo eating the uh, pigeon and. <laughs> And stuff like that, but but yeah, the ability for humans to not pay attention and rationalize things is very nicely highlighted here. Mm-hmm. And even like you know, they have to shove the woman through a pipe just to get that she's not a she's not drunk; she's a zombie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which imagine if she had been drunk, how much trouble would they have been in? 
I just love oh, the slap yes. it. I, I love the slap at male egos. Obviously, she's keen on him. There couldn't mm-hmm. be any other reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, I'm not quite sure that I agree with their method of fighting zombies, um, tossing records at them or various bits of bric a brac. No idea. Well,. I mean, in any case, so even if it's not a zombie, if it's just, like, some crazy sick person stumbling at you, what's throwing a record gonna do? Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're, like, odd job or something, and you've trained and decapitate people with records, but I just don't see that happening. I I just really um, relate to them in how much of abysmal shots they both are yeah they can't aim worth anything (laughs) (laughs) but i also think that is actually making fun of a lot of movies using absolutely ridiculous weapons Mm -hmm. and in in those movies they use them successfully even though physics would say that's absolutely impossible yeah things like bowler hats for example (laughs) yeah rabbit pilts are pretty tough but they're not tough enough to get decapitate a person (laughs) <laughs> well, as Kat once said, why can't we meet anybody who, who can shoot straight? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, we got some zombies. And then, of course, uh, so the question is, oh, yeah, so they have to keep the doors and windows shut. And, of course, he has, again, left the front door open. Yeah. Yeah. Pete was right. Oh, that would drive me crazy. That would oh, drive yeah. me up the wall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure any person living in the outskirts of London would throw their flatmate out for that after the first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to give Pete credit here. Yeah. He put I up have to fun. say, though, <laughs> when I first saw this and I, and I saw uh, the front door opening up, I thought that was actually Pete coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. A zombie, fight, a zombie fight Pete, admittedly, but I thought it was actually <clears throat> Pete and not a random uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Random uh, groomsman with his arm off. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And even that's not a clue that there might be something more to this yet. They Mm. still take a few seconds to twig even after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Eventually, though, they get their weapons. They get a shovel and the cricket bat. Yeah. Oh, uh, when he comes up with the cricket bat, I'm always like, that's a fist pump moment. Yes. <laughs> uh, and they come up with their plan, which they have to adapt several times. I love the planning scene. And uh, the same sort of direction that they use in space, the whole cutscene, uh, quick shot of, of everything happening at once and then repeating for comedic effect. Yeah. Sorry, Philip. Yep. And- <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I don't think that's really spoiling anything because it's done so well that you're still not going to expect what's happening the first time you watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and who doesn't love the actress who plays his mum? Yes, his mum, yes. Harriet Jones, MP for Flydale North. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she is. I, I just remember, especially during the planning stage and his mental picture of the direction doing the scene then she's always running between them grinning broadly yeah Yeah, definitely (laughs) pickle 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but you know, it's interesting. So finally, uh, Simon Peggy starts to get some motivation. He has a goal now. He has to save his mom uh, from his not dad. He has to go and rescue his his girlfriend who has dumped him. Um, yes. Even though that's in all likelihood they would have been perfectly fine huddled in their flat. They might have been. Um, yeah, before he before he drew attention to them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you got to give credit to them for the realistic way that they portray Liz here. Yes. Mm. They could have easily made her just bitchy or, you know, having unrealistic life goals or just stupid or very obviously out of his league. But, you know, she's attractive, but she's, you know, in his league. She's not insanely intelligent, but she's also, you know, um, not a ditz or anything. And she will throw herself into the fray like nobody's business. Yes. She yeah. was never a damsel in distress. No. no. And yeah, she's a very, very real character. Yeah. It just goes to show you never want to annoy a, a woman from southern Britain. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, and just to just to <clears throat> specify, you also don't want to enjoy, annoy any of the Northern Britain for that matter. <laughs> just, just don't, just don't annoy, don't annoy women. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just don't annoy people. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah, it's not a nice it. thing. Yeah. And then uh, the whole dynamic between Liz and her flatmates. And another great job of sort of painting the state of that relationship without having to go into the... They they do later when they're... Uh, when Pete's poor girlfriend... Um, uh, David. Say again? Oh, David. Uh, David. Yeah, yeah, sorry. David. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, that he is kind of in love with Liz, and it is kind of obvious, yeah. and she's kind of putting up with it because she loves him, and yeah... Very believable and drama. Kind of a douche. <laughs> I, I will say about David, this is the first time I've really, really enjoyed a performance from Dylan Moran in something. Um, he's famous for a British sitcom called Black Books, um, which actually I recommend that show more for Bill Bailey's performances than his. But anyway, in this movie, I thought he did very well. He really sold the character he was asked to sell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which he was, what was he, a lecturer? Yeah, well, just an annoying prat was the main thing he was told to be. Yeah. Well, most of us lecturers are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, they come up with their plan. And one of the best uh, lines, well, they don't get to it for quite some time. But when David says, that, yeah, what do you expect from a guy whose idea of a, of a nice night out and an impenetrable fortress are the same place? <laughs> oh, I love. Uh, yeah, and oh, go ahead. Go no. ahead. Now you, you go ahead. Well, I love how it's Simon Pegg. He is a screw up, but he sort of ends up exuding this confidence that makes everyone trust in him. Even David, who's 
who trusts him but doesn't doesn't want to trust him then but he still screws up you know <laughs> you're making a heroic movie about someone who's making all of the wrong decisions for the right reasons <laughs> uh, I just um, he's actually supposed to be the sensible one in this movie too but yeah, yeah Peg loves patting the roll a bit so and I enjoy when he does that yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we've we've skipped over it a bit, but let's talk about uh, the the death of uh, Phil. Mm. Yeah. Oh man. How good uh, a crier is Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah. I yeah, mean, his face gets all red, and his eyes just go completely bloodshot. Yeah. Which is what's one of the things that's great about this movie is how good they are at turning it on a dime. I mean, you're laughing at them running over zombies one second. Uh, you're terrified because the zombies are chasing them the next. And then you're crying because they're having to kill someone that they kind of love uh, the next. I mean, it, it really jerks you around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what it should do, I think. Yes. A, a movie yeah. should be a roller coaster ride. It shouldn't be a walk in the park. Well, especially a Maybe monster a, movie. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's Maybe zombies a in that in park. A zombie-filled park. <laughs> Swatting at birds and whatnot. Yes. Well, the way Nick Frost drives, based the the, the, the scene in the BMW is a roller coaster ride, essentially. Yeah. Yes. yes. And oh, was it a was it a bit or, or a Jag? It could be a Jag, actually. Yeah, Jag's more. I think it you're was, right, Jag. It, no, it was a Jag. It was yeah. a Jag. Jag's more iconic for a British audience too. Yeah. It was a Jag in the most boring colours ever. <laughs> it's like seriously, your dad with too much money, that's exactly what he would pick. <laughs> a Jag is still a Jag. That's because yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like in cute <clears throat> green. <laughs> yeah, I think most people buy their Jags for the V twelve under the bonnet rather than the colour of the yeah. paint. Yeah. Oh, I love the fact when they get trapped in the car because they can't get the child docks off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Safety first. Because I work with kids a lot, my child lock, back child locks are often switched on. Mm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I have that experience a lot of having to let adults out of the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get to play chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allow me. Um. So let's see. Uh, they make their way as uh, again. They meet up with uh, with Sean's friend, and she has Sean? yes. Uh, and they have the same. I love that the, the clones gr- greeting yeah. each other pretty much. Is yeah, nice. definitely. <laughs> hello, 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 just slightly hello. one off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also love that the ravers haven't actually changed in any way, shape, or form before the virus to after the virus. <laughs> the young blokes are going up to the, to mm-hmm. the disco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they go through the back garden. Oh, yes. And. Well, yeah, it's completely through the back gardens, quite literally, when that fence breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He's but so I, confident. What's the matter, then... David? Never take a shortcut before? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Trying to look cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let's see. Um, oh, we glossed over one of the nice little references there when he calls his mom to tell her that uh, that they're gonna come and get her. She's like, "Oh no!" And then, of course, Nick Frost shouts, "We're coming to get you, Barbara!" <laughs> An homage to the it. original Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Yep. Uh, I love this scene earlier as well uh, when they're in the Winchester and theorizing about all the different people and their backstories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then, of course, that gives us a nice memory of all these people so that we can see them later. Yes. And just I, I like the subtle world building. You don't have to remember all this stuff, but if you do remember all this stuff, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's also nice that um, Frost's character, Ed, it's, um, you can actually believe him saying this. He's probably telling a whole pack of lies, but you could actually oh, believe yeah. him going up to a person and asking very personal questions and getting answers from them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's that guy. He's yeah. that guy. Sort of a horrible person, but also kind of lovable. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lovable rogue is the term the English often use. Yeah. Yes. He's a... And one of the things I love is that this is not only about zombie apocalypse, not only, you know, about the romance between him and Liz, but it's about the friendship between him, Mm. Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Like, I really believe that they sort of put their friendship on screen in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. In a lot of ways, that's the central love story of the film, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely could argue that. And that's something that's missing in a lot of mo- modern cinema. I mean, you pretty much, past the 19th century, you can't have two guys with a close relationship or people get uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really sad, because you get stories like this. You get, um, you know, these bromances of sorts, which I think is... It's a problematic, problematic term. Problematic term. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just a good, solid friendship, and that's something that exists in real life. Guys have friends. Guys have close friends. Guys, you know, friends that are closer than brothers. But for some reason, we're uncomfortable putting that on screen a lot of times. It's good to see, especially in a odd format like this one. And yeah. as you mentioned, it's really a recent development because until the early 1800s, English people and English descended people were considered as some of the most emotional people in the world. Mm-hmm. That stiff upper lip thing is really a very recent development, historically speaking. Darn you, Queen Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk about, right now, my favourite bit in the film. Ah, yes. Uh, when he's attacking the um, zombie. Uh, with the swing ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he gets past, yeah, he gets given the swing ball and he's not quite sure what to do with it, so he hits him with the actual ball. Yes. <laughs> and everybody, everybody looks at him and says, no, use the pokey yeah. bit, use the pokey <laughs> bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liz attacking him with children's chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get Liz. I love Liz. Yeah, she just she jumps right into action. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um and then Ed and David are standing over there like, "Oh, that's feel, going on. Feel free to pitch in any time." Yeah. Oh, you had it. 
it's fine. Um, yeah. I must admit, I wish they'd brought Jessica Hines in into that part more a bit, though, because mm. she's also extremely good at physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the lady playing Yvonne, the stranger in the street. No, oh, okay. Well, the stranger to us, but the person he obviously knows yeah, is a close friend. Yeah. Yvonne, yeah. 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 Yeah, is her name. Uh, the Winchester, where they finally are able to hold up. Um, David. Which, yeah, it, oh, it go, sort go of seems like this is a secure spot, but then you've got those huge glass windows that they've already proven that <laughs> the zombies have no problems with glass windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just takes them a little while. <laughs> and you sort of get that tension again between David and Simon Pegg there that, you know, they're both doing what they're doing, one, to survive, but also to try to show off for Liz and sort mm-hmm. of alpha mailing each other. And David makes a stupid decision. After Simon Pegg has the throwdown with Nick Frost and I start crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And what's especially funny about that is they're both trying to do the alpha male bit when they're so both such obvious beta males. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Sorry, we're going to talk evolutionary theory. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Simon Pegg, uh, he you know takes a takes a bullet for the team. He's going to run and lead the zombies away and uh, let everybody else get inside. <laughs> So, they do. And, uh... He, he does for a bit. <laughs> yeah, for a, a bit. A bit. <laughs> and then in the Winchester is where some of the most amazing scenes happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, oh, the Queen song. We, yeah, well... Oh, the Queen song. We find out about his mum. Uh, yeah. Getting, getting bitten. And didn't want to worry anyone such a mom thing that that's my family all over you find out yeah. somebody's been in the hospital for three days and it's like oh we didn't want to worry anybody it's like no you have to tell me if you're in the hospital that's like a rule i'm sure of it um <laughs> oh it was just a little surgery no 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 you have no <laughs> worries oh, me more i'm gay that my mum gave up that argument with me a long time ago. When I'm in a hospital, I don't want anyone near me. I don't even want the doctor and nurse near me, but I have to tolerate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the tense scene there, uh, after they find out about his mom, and she dies, and it's the saddest... Oh, and she gives Liz oh the necklace! God. Yeah. Oh. Holy crap. And yeah, it's done those... so subtly, though. It's not yeah. like hung out on a rafter sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's sort of almost incidental that she's doing it. And that's what makes it such a powerful scene, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost an afterthought for her. Both uh, Phil talking about how he wanted to be a role model and how he loved uh, Sean. And it was just so hard because he was already half grown up. And then... Um, the mom giving the necklace tears me up. Yeah. Which again, it's sort of a statement there about, you know, the things that they really should have been saying 
while they had the chance to do something about it. You know, we yeah. we put those things off until we're about to turn into zombies. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then David and Sean's face off over the mother. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Just pure, pure drama there. Mm. Yeah. And unfortunately, we all know that David is technically right, but we yeah. want to side with Sean. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's where Liz has the most common sense. Yeah. She's, she's, she's staying way out, way out of it, isn't she? Where everyone else well, she is. Where everyone she else is. is but... Sorry, where, where, where everyone else is uh, metaphorically losing their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? She has a common sense with all this, with hell going over. She's standing back. At least till they run out of steam and she can actually do Mm -hmm. something about it. Yeah. And, well, it's, she basically says the line from the the Big Lebowski there, uh, which, forgive the the curse word, but it's, it's an iconic line and it's true in so many situations. You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Um, <laughs> David, David wasn't wrong, but he was going about it entirely the wrong way. Yeah. Um, Another film I've never seen. Ah, man, how many specials are you going to make us do? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't find a connection for us to do the Big Lebowski. That you're on your own for that one. Do do that one for your next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's still another 30 odd episodes of Bottom to go. I mean, you loved what the last one so much. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Back well, to Shaun the, well, of the Dead. Well, the, uh, these, this film has a Red Dwarf connection. Oh, well, let's, let's yes. hear it. Oh, you, oh, I'm surprised you don't know already. Um, Peter Saravinovich, yeah. a real-life girlfriend, is called Sarah Alexander. She played the French queen in Stoke Me a Clipper. I see. Okay. Hmm. No, no, I didn't know what uh, an actress who was in one episode was the girlfriend of an actor in this movie. I can't believe that I <laughs> I didn't automatically know that. So this so we do, so we have a tenuous tenuous Red Dwarf connection. There you go. <laughs> yep. And uh, Kevin Bacon once had dinner with them. So there you go. No. <laughs> and they ate bacon. <laughs> But yeah, um, that could be. That's deliberately ambiguous. <laughs> yes. And Sean has to put down his own mother. Mm-hmm. Ouch. And then punches David. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then David, David shot. He almost shot him. He would have killed him. He would have mm. killed him if if the gun had gone off. Mm. Douche. And he stands right next to the window, and you, mm-hmm. we all know what's going to be happening next. Well, in this, yeah. after he, he points the gun at him, um, and, well, actually pulls the trigger, but it's pretty clear that he is another reference to a character in Night of the Living Dead. Um, the angry basement a, guy. Angry basement guy, uh, as I call him, but yeah. Um, I'll also point out that any director can telegraph a scene, and any director can pull a scene off, but very few directors can telegraph the scene and then pull it off at the same time. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. It, in, in hindsight, it's completely obvious that that was about to happen. And yet, yep. you are shocked when it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, the way that they pulled it off. Being well, and yeah, having Diane yes. and pulled apart. <laughs> that was brilliantly done. But having, um, yeah, I guess we. He was standing in front of the window. We should have expected it, but because he was fighting with Diane at the moment, and he was about to apologize to Sean. I mean, you started thinking about the conversation again, and not the situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they use a, a very nice uh, trick to get a practical effects to get the disemboweling. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually quite shocked when I saw that. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to go that far. Well, I'm sure the butcher down the road was quite happy to sell the <laughs> underside sausages, though. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I've got a brother who's a television writer. These things don't kind of. I know what I know what's happening too well to be tricked by them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I no, I admire the special effects there because. Especially when I see like zombie movies using CGI, I'm always a little let down. Yeah. Because practical effects to me still get such a better result. And yeah, having so there was too big of a crowd to see where the fake body was being was uh, started and his actual head began. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it just it worked so well. Well, as um, the the part of the deceased. Um, former effects director of Red Dwarf, who, forgive me, my name escapes me right at the moment, but he once said that the art of special effects is taking the ordinary and turning it into the extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We lose David. Um, we lose, we lose uh, Diane. Yeah. We see Pete again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ed's reaction hey look who hey, it yeah, is hey, look yes. who it is yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah the, oh, the the queen song yes don't stop me now oh my god love that scene so much and again I love it's one of those that turns on a dime uh, I, you're laughing your head off one second and then it's a horror movie the next um, mm-hmm. great choice of song but- too and beating the zombie in time to the music <laughs> and then of course David's still live there and turning on a light show as he's yeah. stumbling over the fuses. Yes, very well accomplished. Yes. Um and then the gun. It the was which is an obvious it was uh, a real gun. An obvious fake. Mm. Yeah, it's an obvious fake, but it isn't. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, we're bouncing around in this movie quite a bit, aren't uh, we? we are, I know. But... Well, it's yeah, yeah, it's fine. And dogs can look up. Yes, they can. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we finally get down to the final two. There, uh, uh, poor Nick Frost. He's um, gets uh, gets bitten and uh, has to throw a Molotov cocktail on the. On the counter uh, over the bar to keep the zombies away. I'm sorry. Can you really see Nick Frost throwing away a bottle of vodka? <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I w- desperate times. I wish we had tech on so we could ask him how a uh, box of shotgun shells would react to being set on fire on a bar fueled <laughs> by vodka. 
what happened in the movie is about a million to one shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, Techie, te- uh, Techie, if you listen is- to this, please send, uh, <laughs> please send us an email or give us a Facebook <laughs> message. At the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. That's pronounced Gamale. Um, it, it is technically feasible, but the odds against it happening are so long. Uh, Incredibly long. But it's movie logic. Yeah. It's lovely movie logic. Particularly gruesome zombie that it gets there too. The the woman mm-hmm. uh, I forget her name from the earlier scene. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. They dive into the cellar and we get a a tearful. Well, and they contemplate how they're going to oh, off yeah. themselves. Yeah, Pete uh, bites. Zombie Pete bites Ed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next time I see you, you're dead. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's right. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they're down there. Uh, they, uh, Sean and Liz are contemplating how they're going to avoid zombification. Which, yeah, the nice practical conversation about suicide. Mm-hmm. Zombie apocalypses, man. No. Oh, I just muck it up. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'd just muck it up if I had to do myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which feeds in nicely to the conversation they had earlier when Sean was telling it off for mucking everything up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice internal reference there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's Ed. A nice callback to the fart joke from earlier. And again, yeah. when a, when a fart joke can make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> Only in a movie like this. Yeah. Mm. Then they rise up out of the cellar. And Yvonne. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Fun. Surviving. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I, have to, I have to say though I have to say when I first saw when I saw this when I saw this about five days ago I was shouting cop out cop out hmm. <laughs> I did not like the sending whatsoever really yeah has, has it grown any sense not particularly no hmm well, I don't know. I felt like... I mean, there were there were only so many options. Uh, one, they get killed. Uh, two, they somehow manage to escape. But, I mean, then what happens if there's a zombie apocalypse? But... Yeah. You know, I, to me, having having actually the army come in and, and, uh, and save them, I thought was a bit different than most zombie movies. Well, it's sort of like uh, in the first one, Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. then you have the group of vigilantes. Yeah. Or not really vigilantes, but just the group of good old boys who are sort of a reserve and yes. get together and shoot. And of course, um, that turns out rather badly. Don't want to spoil the ending to Night of the Living Dead if someone hasn't seen that. But Spoilers. Yes. Oh, I'm just I'm just glad they remembered to swap their their rubber crowd control bullets for real ones. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Shane, that's actually SA19 that's featured there, isn't it? The armed police force. 
that uh, are especially there for riot control and things like that? Possibly. I don't know. I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the British police force. <laughs> Essentially, in, in England, you've got your day-to-day police. Well, in Britain, generally, you've got your day-to-day police, and as you know, they're not armed. Yeah. But you do have special units, which are there specifically for people who need armed police, and they are extremely highly trained marksmen. Yeah. They they can do the, the metaphorical thing of shooting a wing off and that a hundred paces. Oh, it literally was a cop out. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making that gag, but okay. <laughs> um but that seriously, I sort of saw it as a lot of times uh zombie movies are about the failures of society and how, you know, when when things go down then and you have nothing to rely on, then it's really a deconstruction of, you know, the Things fall apart, the circle cannot hold. Yeah, yeah. But here we see the ending has a way of absorbing the zombie apocalypse. The yep. police come in, they take care of business, and then they reconstruct society fairly quickly so you sort of see that society and our institutions are fairly resilient mm. so to it's... the point where they have game shows that yeah. have zombies and Which... you have an entire new, new arm of the pet industry yes yeah <laughs> Now, I'm not sure that Britain would get on with the zombie game shows that quickly. Now, Japan. <laughs> I mean, that's like instant. But um, but on the Japanese ones, it would be living people going up against the zombies and yeah. trying not to yeah. get zombified. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen it? It's a knockout. I mean, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't think it would happen in the, the post-occupational health and safety I mean, we had that show too, but it was early 80s before occupational health and safety became serious. Mm. Basically, you take two two or three teams of people, most of them just ordinary street people who have no athletic ability and throw them into the most ridiculous challenges you can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, they're falling over and it's a jolly good laugh. Oh, yeah, they, they rarely win a season without a couple of broken bones. Mm. <laughs> then when you start seeing oh, it's a royal knockout when the members of the royal family did an episode wow yes it starts becoming becoming a bit surreal yeah but it's kind of reinforces the, the stuff about them being completely separated from their, their people is is a little bit exaggerated because when she was younger Elizabeth was actually quite keen on doing things which interacted with the general population and her mother was very huge on that. Um, so, yeah, at the end, you know, the police come in, they save everything. Uh, and then, yeah, society rebuilds itself and it incorporates the zombies into it. Uh, our cheeky young 17-year-old fellow, uh, <laughs> ironically, is now going to be working retail the rest of his life. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, or the rest of his death, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, everyone in this gets revenge. Even yeah. Pete gets revenge because he's the one that basically bumps off Ed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it ends. So uh, Liz and, and Sean have sort of come to 
a more comfortable place in their relationship. They, you know, figure out what they want to do and and uh, they make some compromises. And uh, Sean still gets to spend some time with his friend. Yeah. Yep. And Which... the house looks a hell of a lot better. She completely, <laughs> she really re- oh, she nested the hell out of that place, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's still got some of his posters on the wall. I have to say, I have fallen in love with the table in the front room. <laughs> I don't know that I noticed it. It's I a be- it's, it's a beautiful brown in, um, engraved table and it looks absolutely beautiful. And I want this in my house. <laughs> okay. I'll have to go back and look at that wonderful table. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, over, and that's an interesting uh, ending, I think, to it. Um, a bit of a happy yep. ending for a zombie flick. Mm-hmm. So in the end, he did end up being Sean's trying monkey as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right, literally, yes. And living in the shed, as Pete said, that he should. Yes. Yep. Yes. So I don't think there's many movies I've seen that have actually wrapped up so many of the the minutiae type threads as this mm-hmm. one has. They are so good at that, yeah. Foreshadowing and and making the payoffs happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the repeat jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over and over. And so just to check, uh, Shane, you did see uh, the scene in this one uh, from whence the Cornetto trilogy first took its name. Uh, what do you, sorry, you need, you need to quantify that a little bit more. So, yeah, uh, after their night of drinking, uh, when Sean's going to the store, he asks Ed, uh, does he want anything? And Ed says, yeah. a, a cornetto. Oh. oh, okay. And then Sean brings him back his cornetto that he eats as they watch the news about the zombies. So, all of these movies will have a cornetto reference somewhere in there. And okay. in fact, they're all themed around a different um, flavor flavor of Cornetto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which then, after the trilogy, immediately Cornetto came up with two new flavors, <laughs> and people kept saying, Simon Pegg, you've got to do two more movies. <laughs> you know, we don't have Cornettos over here. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah, we have something, a nutty buddy. No, wait, nutty... Drumsticks. Drumsticks, yes. Drumsticks would yep. be what they're called. We have both. They're, they're, they're similar enough, yeah. We've got both. Yeah. Which is better? Um, Much of a much, and so I'm not really a huge ice cream eater, to be honest with you. Gotcha. gotcha. Mm-hmm. I want well, to, I'm a huge eater. I, I want to try a... <laughs> nice. I want to try a Cornetto someday, so when I get over there, I, that's, uh, I will buy a Cornetto. I'll be, if you ever do manage to get over here, I'll be. Have, I've got. I will have one in my hand as you're coming off the airplane. Oh yay! <laughs> well, you could just mail me one. No, no, wait. Probably, <laughs> probably not. No, I think it will melt. It would be in a bit of a state by the time it comes. Yes, here, I think yeah. it will do. Yes. So, uh, first of the Cornetto trilogy, uh, Shane. What is your review of it? What do you What do you say? I really liked it. Actually, to be honest with you, I mean. I do love horror uh, zombie films. I mean, the 28 days, 28 weeks later mm-hmm. are two of my favorites. I think, actually, 28 weeks later is actually the last film I actually went to the cinema and watched. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, overall, it's a really, really good experience. I'm looking forward to watching the next one. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the ending mm-hmm. um, with um, the uh, riot police coming in. Um, but um, yeah, it's, re- it's really good. It's a really, really good uh, film. So you felt that the ending was, was too simple? Yeah. Okay. I'm curious to see how you will react to the second one then. Okay. I will say the next one is uh, my favorite of the trilogy. I'm torn myself. I really am. I I like zombie movies as a genre better than um, mm. essentially buddy cop movies. I guess would be the 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 genre that they're going to send up next. Um, but between the two, yeah, I, I think there's a definite case to be made that the second one may be superior to this one, which I love this one. So I'm I I can't decide between the two. I I, I have to say before we move on, <laughs> I love how filmed with um with ambiguity at the end. Mm. Not mm-hmm. um, sequel baiting like uh, Resident Evil films have been doing. Right. But ambiguity. Sure, sure. Um, perfect example I've referenced 28 Days Later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they get picked up from uh, from the cliffs at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is it. You don't see Britain, um, like in this film, getting back on his feet. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I will say it's difficult. It's easy to do ambiguity with a horror movie because that's part of the horror. It's difficult to do ambiguity with a comedy. Because mm-hmm. comedy is all about making things better, tying up the loose ends. I mean, that's the comic of pattern yeah. structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But another level I've liked this on is it's. Peg has obviously not forgotten that comedy is, in the, in the end, a, a subgenre of tragedy. Mm. Yes. And he's really kept it within the full overview of the genre, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I have to be careful about how I describe this, the, the next one, because um, it's slightly spoilery, Shane, I warn you, but it's not hugely spoilery. I grew up watching The Bill, which is an iconic police drama from Britain. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice in it. It was my mum's favourite show. Oh, I love The Bill. So, I really love Hot Fuzz because in a lot of cases, there's a lot of, I'm not going to be specific about the scenes, but there are a lot of scenes where they're obviously making fun of the bill. Mm. See, I'm not familiar with that. Um, but, well, as I've already said, it's it's in the buddy cop oeuvre, I guess. And, it, yeah. yeah, even so, I came at it more from the perspective of the Lethal Weapon movies, um, those kinds of films being my reference points, I suppose, so... Uh, that'll be interesting then. Okay. Uh, I definitely had that as well because by then Peg and Frost had become international celebrities and not just local celebrities, so they yes. needed to appeal to wider audiences. Yeah. Yeah. So they were appealing to uh, to to the Aussies by uh, having uh, Mel Gibson references, right? <laughs> Possibly, but do, do let's face it. When do y'all still claim him? I'm just curious. <laughs> Wider audiences for any any studio that's not American basically means America. Ah, that yeah. is the market in in movies. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Okay, uh, should we do some quotes? Uh, did we get any of those? You want to break for the ad first? Well, I suppose we could do an ad. Why not? Let's do an ad. Why not? Let's do an ad. They're here, aren't they? Mr. Mulder, they've been here for a long, long time. If you're an X-Files fan, please tune in to the X-Files Truth podcast at xfilestruth.com. Look us up on Facebook, X-Files Truth Podcast, and find us on iTunes. Just search for XFT and scroll down to podcasts. Email the show at xfilestruth at live.com. You think this is about Mulder? It's about the truth, John. What truth? You got it all right in front of you. It's all in the X-Files. And we're back, and it's time to do a couple of quotes. Uh, Have a bit of fun here. Uh, I guess, uh, Darren, you get to go first. Sean, do you see what I was saying? Yeah, totally. I mean, I know he's your best friend, but you do live with him. I know. It's not like that I don't like Ed. Ed, it's not that I don't like you. That's all right. <laughs> nice. I've got a quote as well, which is the entire film. Aww. Um, when Ed... Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> when Ed is talking to Sean at the beginning of the film, it foreshadows the entire film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have... Well, we have a Bloody Mary first thing, mm-hmm. then have a bite of the king's head, mm-hmm. a couple of the little princess, then we stagger back here, and bang, back at the bar for shots. Nice. Gotcha. Well spotted. Love? Um, let's see. Sorry, you go ahead. Okay, let's see. Uh, get higher, girl. What's he doing? He should say bass. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time. I I remember all of these quotes, but I I just can't think of any right now. <laughs> oh, go ahead and do another one, uh, Darren. Um, um, I'm kind of hesitant because the next one I'd like to do is doing that common Simon Pegg thing of writing in serious dialogue and having background profanity interjected <laughs> into it. Uh, go ahead. We'll mark this one as explicit. Mm. Um, it'd just nice be nice if we could, Ed. Fuck. Spend a bit of time together. Bollocks. You and me. Cock it. Pretty much the end of that one. <laughs> nice. He, him swearing at the um, poker machine. That the one yeah. unmanned it. Yeah. Mm. I've got one. Mm. Go ahead. As Mister Sloan always says, "There's no I in team." But there is an iron pie, and there's an iron meat pie, and I get an anagram of meat is team. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about. 
Okay, How you doing here's there, one. Love? Okay. Here's one. Purple Rain. No. Signs of the Times? Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack? Throw it. <laughs> <laughs> Dire Straits? Throw it. Stone Roses? No. Second Coming? I like it. Ah, Sade. <laughs> That's Liz's. Sade. Yeah, but she did dump you. <laughs> uh, let's see. I loved this. Um, I don't even remember who all the voices were, so it's going to be tough. But I loved when he was flipping channels. Though no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. There's panic on the streets of London. An increasing number of reports of serious attacks on uh, people who are literally being eaten alive. Uh, witnesses' reports are at best uh, sketchy, but one unifying detail seems to be the attackers in many instances appear to be, click, dead excited to have us with us here a sensational chart topping. Uh, it's just so well worked, isn't it? It is. Uh, the whole movie is basically a series yeah. of quotable material. It's, yeah. yeah. He's not my uh, boyfriend. Might be a bit warm. The cooler was off. Thanks, babe. Wink. <laughs> he has to wink before he drinks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. I do have one, but it's it, it's explicit. Oh, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> it's four in the fucking morning. It's Saturday. No, it's not. It's fucking Sunday, and I've got to go to work in four. And I've got to go to... F- fucking working four fucking hours because every other fucking my fucking department is fucking ill now you can see why I'm so fucking angry fuck yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's see Uh, no 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 no. wait we can't bring her back here why not well it's not really safe is it yeah look at the state of it where's safe where's familiar where can I smoke Take car, go to mum's, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for this all to blow over. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one one of my favorite moments. Uh, uh, Sean talking to his mum. Did you know that on several occasions <laughs> he touched me? That wasn't true. Made it up. Shouldn't have done that. Sorry. <laughs> Um, we have to do this one. I'm sorry, Sean. It's okay. No, I'm sorry, Sean. (laughs) It's on random. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you're the one who's gone from being a charter accountant to Charlton Heston. I'm not a charter accountant. Well, you look like one. Yeah. I'm a lecturer. You're a twat. Yeah. Yeah. Not your mum anymore. In a bit, it shall just be another zombie. Don't say that. We're not using the Z word. Please, can we just stay calm and the the fuck down? You didn't call the doctor, did you? Well, I thought it might be best, dear. It's perfectly all right, Barbara. I ran it under a cold tap. (laughs) But, Philip, we had our jabs when we went to the Isle of Wight. I ran it under a cold tap. It's completely fine. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's see. Mm. 
I think we're probably about I done think we're with probably, yeah. 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 Um oh here we'll bring us down with this one. He's not my dad. Oh Sean. Well he was, but he's not anymore. <laughs> oh. So sad. Oh right. Well this has been fun. Um yes. Darren, thank you for joining us. That's that's my pleasure. And uh, not sure when we're going to do the next one, uh, but we'll, we'll get around to it eventually before... We'll pick it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick it up. Uh, well, if we survive this uh, zombie apocalypse that's happening at the moment... Oh, yes. Yeah, obviously. Uh, we'll be back recording on um, uh, January the 5th. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. And that will be for Red Dwarf uh, Series 10, Episode 1. I forget the title. Trojan. Um Trojan! There we go. Trojan. Yeah, and we've got an extra special guest coming up. Yeah. Awesome. For that, which we won't spoil the surprise here, but let me just say that we're all excited about him appearing. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for sticking with us, guys. This has been fun. If you've not seen the Cornetto trilogy, highly recommend checking out uh, Shaun of the Dead and uh, stick with us for next time when we get back to Red Dwarf. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Merry Christmas, dear neighbor, is the smith down the hill. Henry and Linda and the kids Jane and Bill. We hate to complain and to be such a pest. But this holiday season, we have one request. We wish you'd bury the missus. We wish you'd bury the missus. We wish you'd She's been dead since last year She's getting quite gamey with mold on her skin You killed her last Christmas, that's how long it has been It's time you bury the missus, it's time you bury the missus We wish you bury the missus, she's been dead a whole year We'd wish you'd come to your senses We wish you'd come to your senses We wish you'd come to your senses Get your life into gear Forget what she did And forgive the poor soul Just bury the hatchet And dig her a hole We don't want to be Patinskis We don't want to be Patinskis We don't want to be Patinskis But we must interfere It's true when you killed her, you sure had just cause She was stuck in the chimney with old Santa Claus We wish you'd bury the missus, we wish you'd bury the missus We wish you'd bury the missus, it's been a long year Hurting property values, she's hurting property values, she's hurting property values, they've gone way down this year. The last thing on Christmas that folks want to see are remains of your wife on your lawn Christmas tree. We wish you'd bury the missus, we beg you, bury the missus, for God's sakes, bury the missus! We can smell her down here. 